is the Equity Experience Podcast, a space created for every educator or school leader who is authentically pursuing equity and inclusion in their classrooms and schools. I'm your host, Dr. Carla Manning, and I welcome you. Hello, welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode of the Equity Experience Podcast. Good day to you. Good day. I'm excited that you are here, and I'm glad that you are joining us on today. On today's podcast, I'm going to share and read a blog from someone who I follow on my social media. Her name is Mary Rice Booth, and she is a partner with the Leadership Academy. And the Leadership Academy is an organization that provides training and learning and development services within the areas of culturally responsive education. And Mary Rice Booth also writes as a blogger with different organizations. So recently she posted on her social media blog that she wrote, and I thought it would be a good idea for me to also share this content on my podcast because the conversation is very much aligned with the conversations that I have on this podcast. So the name of Mary Rice Booth's blog that I'm going to share is is titled How to Make Your Equity Policy a Reality. Okay, how to make your equity policy a reality. A look at how districts can ensure that their commitment to equity has momentum geared towards success. So Mary Rice Booth wrote this on January 21st, 2022. And I believe this is coming out of Edutopia. I just printed the uh, the blog. I don't even see the URL. But of course, as you're accessing this, the URL will be shared on my podcast channel. So just listen in. I invite you to listen in and tune in as I share Mary's thoughts around how to make your equity policy a reality. So just a reminder, when I'm reading her blog in its entirety, so when I use the pronoun I, I is referring to Mary, not to me as Carla Manning. So just to be clear. Okay. In the past two years, school districts across the country have been moved to write equity policies or pass resolutions to publicly commit to being a more equitable district. Unfortunately for some districts, the work stopped there. Now, many community members inside and outside of the district are likely to see the approval as nothing more than a symbolic gesture, but this does not have to be the case. As an equity officer, I've partnered with districts and organizations at many stages of readiness to make their policies a reality. However, no matter where a district is in their quest to become an equitable organization, some key components are necessary in the process. One, have a common language and shared belief. My first step of working with district leaders is to make sure that there is a common definition of equity they all use and that everyone believes all students can be successful in their school system, especially those who have been minoritized. This coming together is launched by a training where leaders are asked to unpack their own journeys to racial consciousness. During a training I facilitated in Tennessee, district leaders walked through the cycle of socialization created by Bobby Harrell in order to see the impact of socialization on them growing up and how it manifested in their current leadership roles. This exercise led us into a conversation about what they may consciously and unconsciously be doing that gets in the way of student success. This may look like making quick budget, personnel, and or transportation decisions without talking to those who are most impacted by the decision. It could also include not speaking up when you know a new policy or program will be detrimental to a particular group of students. Leaders essentially make decisions on an hourly basis that have a direct impact on students. 
Focusing inward is fundamental to helping leaders articulate what they actually want the experience of their district to be and motivates them to take on an individual and collective responsibility in making that happen. The conversation around shared beliefs does not end with training. Between and after trainings, I spend a lot of time talking with individual district leaders as they balance their own personal journeys to racial consciousness with being public spokespersons and decision makers in equity work. I often support them in drafting a set of questions they can use in conversations, as well as for personal reflection, such as, quote, what impact would this decision have on those who are the most minoritized? Or, quote, whose perspective do we need to hear from before making this decision, end quote? Or, quote, how can I ensure equity of voice in every meeting? Number two, leverage acquired data. I've led several districts through a community-centered equity audit that provides districts with actionable data. These audits aren't just quantitative, but also include discussion groups and voices from a variety of stakeholders. With a district in Florida, we leveraged an equity group of over 50 people that included students, community organizations, teachers, and families to lead the audit. This group grappled with how we'd manage getting input across a very diverse district and ensure that those voices were the ones that weren't always being asked for feedback. This meant offering focus groups and surveys in multiple languages and having facilitators that were known and respected by the community to ensure honest responses. These facilitators were teachers, principals, parent coordinators, or community liaisons whose role was to connect the school to the community. Once the surveys and focus groups were analyzed, along with artifacts, a clear story was being told about the district that could not be ignored. The story that materialized in the audit was not just about student achievement gaps or lack of access. The compelling story highlighted a systemic issue. The story showed a lack of access for students of color, which was the same as lack of teachers of color, which was the same as lack of access for paraprofessionals of color. These systemic sentiments were shared by a variety of stakeholders across the district. The feedback catapulted the district to create a plan that leveraged the shared data and positioned equity as a top priority. And three, create an action plan for accountability. After data is gathered from an audit, an action planning process can commence. My push to districts is to ensure that they put into place short-term actions that can be easily measured and monitored. When I worked with an education agency in Iowa, small groups brainstormed a variety of next steps based on their data and then narrowed their focus down to one or two high leverage action steps. One of these next steps was to create an equity officer position and office. However, before they could do that, they needed clarity and agreement on what the person in the position would be asked to do. However, before they could do that, they needed clarity and agreement on what that person in the position would be asked to do and how the role would be set up for success, i.e. in terms of funding and access to resources. I can't stress enough how important it is to ensure that the plan is created in collaboration with the cross-section of roles, including community members, teachers, and students. Each school district and organization will bring its own unique set of challenges especially if they're in a community and or state that has been pushing back against any work labeled quote-unquote equity. However, successful leaders stay focused on the need to serve all students and ensure that they are academically, emotionally, and socially successful. Once the focus is there, challenges can be seen as opportunities and the next steps can fall into place.
Thank you, Mary Rice Booth, for writing this very informative, reflective, and inspirational piece around your recommendations for making an equity policy a reality. So just to recap, with Mary Rice Booth's recommendations, she offers three ways that districts can make their equity policy a reality. She articulates that there's a common language and shared belief system. Number two, she recommends that stakeholders leverage acquired data, and this acquired data will come from student-centered, teacher-centered, community-centered audits, surveys, interviews, and focus groups. And then lastly, number three, she recommends that there is an action plan for accountability in place that articulates and expresses short-term and long-term goals that can be easily measured and monitored. So those are three ways that school district leaders can help to make their equity policy a reality. Thank you for tuning in to the Equity Experience Podcast. I hope this information was helpful for you. Make sure to subscribe to the podcast. Make sure to leave us your reviews and your comments. And then, of course, make sure to connect with me on social media and share with me how this podcast has been helping you within your school, district, or organization. Thank you for tuning in to the Equity Experience Podcast. This has been your host, Dr. Carla Manning. Until next time, be well and be blessed. Bye-bye.